Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes through the Word of Christ, Romans 10, 17, and that is the hear method. And thank you so much for uh, checking in for day two of week two. Uh, we're working on building that daily discipline of being in God's Word and hearing through God's Word. And today's uh, here, like the chapter that we're reading, brings us to... Uh, Matthew chapter 3. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to hear through Matthew chapter 3. And once again, we're going to uh, have our journals out, and we're going to use the hear method, which is highlight, explain, or examine. Excuse me. I like to say examine. It is examine or explain. Apply and respond. And so those are the steps that we're going to take as we break down God's Word, as we look at God's Word today in Matthew chapter 3. And of course, we're working through the the birth of Christ from all four gospel perspectives. And that's what brings us to Matthew chapter 3 today. So let's start. Let's just go ahead and get into it. And I'm going to highlight as I work through the passage of Scripture what stands out to me. And uh, that's where we're going to do the way we're going to do it. All right, so it says, Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. I'm going to highlight that, and I'll, we'll come back to it, and I'll tell you why here in a minute. All right, John, now John wore a garment of camel hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. When, then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were being baptized, or they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his, to, to his baptisms, he said, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. I'm going to highlight that. Bear fruit with keeping in repentance. Verse 8, man. And and do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham's, Abraham is our father. For I tell you, God is able, uh, able, uh, God is able, let me see here, able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. And now, even now, the axe laid to the root of the trees. For every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, in his hand and he will clear the threshing floor and gather his wheat into a barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And we go into the baptism of Jesus in verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do not, and do you come to me? But Jesus said to him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest upon him. And behold, a voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now I'm going to go back real quick, and I'm going to highlight a couple of things before we kind of get into the into the explain part. And also I want to go ahead and, 
and ask for your forgiveness. We are right, um, I'm recording this on Monday afternoon, and we are right in the middle of, of our, our high time with uh, the after-school ministry here at New Life. But I uh, just want to go ahead and say, man, it's a blessing to have the noise in the background because th- that means that there are children in the halls of this church and their faci- the facilities are being used and our after-school pr- program is alive and vibrant. So let's dive back into Scripture. So um, uh, this past uh, last few verses, I want to take and highlight some things that stuck out to me. Um, of course, we have Jesus there at his baptism, obviously. Of course, there's John there. But also, uh, when we saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and then the voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. I'm going to go ahead and highlight those, and we'll get to that here in just a few seconds. So let's back it up real quick. And and start with verse one on talking about some of the things that stuck out to us. So as we look at this, one of the big things that stuck out to me first is is obviously the the reference to scripture. Of course, we we see the indentation. Of course, in the ESV version, the English Standard Version that I'm reading, there's an indentation and quotation of of what we see in verse three: the voice of one crying in the wilderness, "Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight." And so we have some indentation and some notation there. And we look and we see to see if we have anything. And we do have a footnote reference here in my study Bible. And it's, and you know, this is he, John the Baptist, proclaims the coming of the Lord using uh, Isaiah 40, uh, verse 3. That's where this quotation comes from. So Isaiah 40, verse 3. John's ministry points forward like the Old Testament prophets to a greater one that comes after him. So. John's following in line with the Old Testament prophets, pointing forward to Jesus in the hope that they had in the coming of the Messiah, who is Jesus Christ. So that makes sense right there. Man, this is crazy. Um, and and that, that verse has always stuck out to me. And so what I want to do, man, let's, let's roll over to Isaiah 40, verse 3, see if I can find it real quick. Um, there we go. Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40. I'm at Isaiah 55 real quick. Okay, 49. Um, I'm on, there it is, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, verse 3, and I'm going to highlight that because it's always good to check. Go see for yourself. Um, when you see things that are quote, quoted or indented or anything like that, hey, chase that rabbit. Go find out where it says in Scripture where it's prophecy fulfilled, and we see it right here, Isaiah 40, verse 3, a voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert highway for our God. And so that's a reference right there, speaking to John or speaking of John the Baptist. All right, cool. Well, that's something that we've learned here. You know, this is the um, the baptism or John the Baptist preparing the way for the Lord. Um, you know, it tells a little bit about John and who he, who he is, you know, John uh, I, John was a rather rough-looking guy. I would I would adventure to say because he's he's he probably had the long beard. He probably had the rough clothes, the long hair. The you know he ate um, locusts and, and and ate wild honey. I mean that's that's crazy right there. He, he was he was a bug-eating kind of guy. Um, but then you know he really kind of in verse seven, what in the world? He, he talks about it. He says, but when, that's, just, that's another thing that stuck out to me. He said, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from 
the wrath to come. That's verse 7. Like, he's not holding any punches right there. John calls those people brood of vipers, the Pharisees and Sadducees. And I also have a footnote right here on it. It says the wrath to come. Man, there's some pretty harsh words. So what is John meaning by that? The Old Testament, and this is what the footnote says, the Old Testament prophesied the coming of the Lord, Lord's righteous judgment. Psalm 96, 13, Zephaniah 2, 1 and 2, Malachi 3, 2. John will not allow the leaders, uh, will not allow the leaders to suppose that the cup of God's wrath is only for Israel's enemies and their own nation will escape. John is later puzzled that Jesus does not immediately bring judgment. So that's interesting right there. Um, and then he goes here, he calls, you know, calls them brood of vipers, and then he he points to the Pharisees and Sadducees and he says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And this is like the the really, I think for me, as I read through this, this is where the core of where the Lord spoke to me through his word. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Do not presume and say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able to take these stones and raise up children of Abraham. And I think that resonates with our generation right now. You know, I look at I look at verse eight, two in the footnotes, and it says acts that indicate an inner righteousness, not merely out not merely outward conformity. Since the Pharisees considered themselves to be righteous of their day, the words of John must have cut deep, and I think they cut deep for us too. And bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That if we if we say we have a relationship with Christ, that relationship goes beyond Sundays and Wednesdays. That relationship for me goes beyond Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. When I or whenever I'm in front of you know athletes or representing you know Christ in my community or whatever, it goes beyond that. The fruit is the product of an inward change. You look at, you know, when a tree produces fruit, it is the product of the inner development of the tree. A tree that is not mature enough will not produce good fruit. A tree that is not ready and in season will not produce good fruit. And, you know, if y'all had, we can we can sit here and, 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 and go, go on forever. We could talk for hours just about bearing fruit. And that if you are representing Christ, if I'm representing Christ, I, I don't want to. I don't want ever. Uh, you know what? I'm. I, I don't want to sound like I'm pointing the finger at you. 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 I. I, I want to talk to Jimmy here for a second. If If Jimmy is going to bear fruit in keeping with repentance, he's going to bear fruit in every area of his life. And that's the tough part because when we start assessing ourselves and really being honest with ourselves we then realize how quickly and how much more we need the grace of God on a daily basis. Verse 11, that's some of the things that um, kind of stick out to me too. John says, I baptize you for, with water for repentance. Those that are repenting of their sin and, and placing their faith in the Jesus, the one who is to come. Okay? And then he says, uh, but he who is coming is after me is far mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now that's interesting too. I think uh, you know, 
I question it. I'm like, okay, wow, this sounds pretty serious. You know, this is something that sticks out to me for for understanding it. Uh, Holy Holy Spirit, I, I kind of get that because when we are believers, when we when we follow Christ, when we repent of our sin and place our faith in Jesus Christ, um, we are given a comfort in the Holy Spirit. But then he says the Holy Spirit and fire. So I really want to take and look at my study Bible and check maybe some footnotes. And I see immediately there is a footnote right here. And I'm going to read it for us. With the Holy Spirit and fire, and that's exactly what we're talking about. Cleansing with fire describes God's supernatural baptism contrasted with the symbol of cleansing water. The fire of God's spirit or the fire of the spirit renews the people of God and consumes the wicked as chaff. And so Isaiah 4, 4, Zechariah 13, 9, Malachi 3, 2, 3, and Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. John's witness to Jesus as the Lord who ha- who has come is extended as Lord. Jesus baptizes with the Spirit and executes the last judgment. So that's kind of gives us a little bit better understanding about fire and the, the judgment with the Spirit and fire. And so now, so another thing that kind of stuck out to me is is we go on to verse 13 and we close out the rest of the chapter and we see the baptism of Jesus. And the reason I went and I highlighted Jesus and uh, the Spirit of God and, and uh, verse 16 and then a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son who, am I, who I am well pleased, we have the account of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all in one place right here. It doesn't say Trinity. However, we have the account of God the Son, Jesus Christ, God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, and God the Father speaking. And this goes into suit with how we see God act in the Old Testament. You know, we 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 see accounts where uh, stories within the Old Testament where you... You know, we can't see God's face, but and God shrouds his face and covers his face and or or it's bright and it shine. You know, you see all these things. And I think um, this is the reason why we hear his voice. The people heard his voice at this point. So I want to check my footnotes right here in verse. Let's see, 17. See if there's everything. And there is something there for that footnote. And it says, The testimony from heaven confirms Jesus' identification as royal son of God, fulfilling Psalm 2-7, uh, and also Exodus 4-22, who is also obedient, suffering servant, who pleases the Lord, in Isaiah 42-1. So that's really kind of the things that stuck out to us. So when we look at all this, we've examined the passage of Scripture, And we're walking through it and we go, okay, what are some big application points for us? And I think one of the big things, one, we see prophecy from the beginning in in John 3.3. And then we also see the emphasis that even though John was talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, we see something that that convicts us. And that's what the Word of God is supposed to do, y'all. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, it may sting a little bit, a lot like cleaning a wound or whatever, but it, ultimately, once we clean the wound it, it, and we realize, hey, this is an area that I need to repent of and and, and focus on and, and ask the Lord to work in me and correct, that, that healing begins to take place. And then God works in us and possibly makes it stronger for us. So when we look at this, I think the the bare fruit with keeping with repentance is one of the big things, one of the big nuggets that is applicable. And then also the truth in, in verses 13 
through uh, 17 that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all right there in one account. So let's go back to the big bear fruit keeping with repentance. That's, that's the one that kind of keeps coming back for me. Bear fruit keeping with repentance in every area of my life. And that's the big thing that we can apply. That's the big nugget. So we've highlighted the scripture. We've examined the scripture. And we found this nugget of bearing fruit keeping with repentance in every area of our life. And so we look and, and maybe ask the question of, okay, Lord, where are areas of my life that, that I'm not bearing a stronger fruit? Is it with my language? Is it with my attitude? Is it with following you on a daily basis? Is it having a time with you set aside every day? Does my life, does the fruit of my life, the things that I'm producing in my life show that I have repented of my sin and placed my faith in you, Lord? That's the big thing for me. That, that's what's sticking out to me. And once again, I want to encourage you and say, hey, if the Lord worked in your life as you read through this passage of Scripture and maybe pointed some things out to you a little different from me, that's awesome. That's, that's how the Spirit of God works, and that's how this whole here method works. And especially when we get together with our life groups, if you're involved with a life group here at New Life, um, and that's the cool thing about it. We get together with the, with our life groups and we say, oh, man, well, this is what God taught me this week. This is where I struggled or this is where I had a hard time chewing or, or spiritually speaking. Um, and we we share with our brothers and sisters in Christ that are part of these life groups and, and they help and encourage or maybe what we have to say will help and encourage someone else. So today, I think the big takeaway for us is bear fruit, keeping with repentance. That's the one big nugget among many nuggets that we've seen. And you know what? If you want to dig a little deeper in this chapter of Matthew chapter 3, um, I would encourage you to do so. Hey, spend some more time looking to some of the, the cross-references and, and some of the prophecies and because all it's going to do is build a deeper, stronger, more immovable foundation in your relationship with Christ. So now we come to the R, the respond. And so we're going to respond to the Lord in prayer, but also I want to encourage you that as you go throughout your day today to respond to the Lord in, in meditation. And, and of course, I use the word marination. And that means just thinking about what you read today. And if you're in your car riding down the road and you're just listening to this, hey, hopefully some of this has encouraged you. And maybe something that I read as I was reading in Matthew chapter 3 stuck out to you a little bit differently. I would encourage you to chew on those things and let those things soak in to your mind and your heart. And it says we are to love, the scripture tells us that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first commandment, of course, and the greatest, the second commandment is to love our, our neighbors ourselves. And so as we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we can do that through marinating and thinking about and chewing on his word. And so my takeaway from this is marinating and chewing on beef, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you just for the opportunity to sit down in your word and thank you for teaching us what you have taught us in Matthew chapter 3 today. Lord, and the big thing, Lord, for me, I would ask that you would, you would help me to understand and learn to bear fruit in my life, keeping with it repentance and the reality and the truth that I am a follower of you. And Lord, that I have placed my faith in you and your son, Jesus Christ, that he is Emmanuel, son of God, God with us. 
and that through his through your death, burial, and resurrection on on the cross and through the cross that that I have life and relationship with you. And Lord, may that fruit may may I may I bear fruit in keeping with that repentance, Lord. That 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 you took my sin to the cross, and Lord that. I may share my life and, and, and take what you've done for me and share it with others. And Lord, may others see that I bear fruit in keeping with repentance, not for Jimmy's glory, but for your glory and your glory alone. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 